Please join me in prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. It's fun to think about what lasts and what kind of goes away, what evolves and pushes into the future and, and what is permanent and lasts forever. One of the marvelous old albums of all time was the Beach Boys' Endless Summer. And the Beach Boys sung about summer as if summer was never going to end. And, and today kind of marks the end of summer at St. John's as we roll out which kids are in what class with what teacher and how that's going to be. And, and then the teachers come back to work and everything just kind of, we get up and we get after it in a whole different way after all of the families have ice cream after the, uh, or during the 11 o'clock during the 11 o'clock hour. We turn away from unstructured time, we turn back to schedules and routines and all of those things and there will be no endless summer. But there will be beautiful children learning, growing, laughing, figuring it out, following Jesus and studying the very best things of life to prepare themselves for life in the real, in the real world. And I, I love that. I was particularly excited about the baptism to see Megan today, and um, I, I, I always remember our houseboat trips and how cool those were, and I, I thought whoever would be able to marry either Rebecca or Megan Levitt would be very, very lucky because not only are they very pretty and very intelligent and very engaging, but they'll bait a hook, and they'll take a fish off the hook as well. And I can't remember if it was you or your sister. I think it was you, Megan. And she, we were fishing off the back of a houseboat. And all of a sudden, her line just went to the bottom of the lake. And I can't remember, but you pulled out a catfish about four or five pounds. It seems like a long time ago, but then I see you. And I see beautiful children and your beautiful family. And I think, man, the hand of God has been really good on your family. There's so much so much love as we move from season to season and stage after stage of life, taking with us beautiful pictures and memories that kind of last in our mind's eye, things of love and being loved. It's soft and warm and, and beautiful. This week I was reminded that I will not last forever. This body that I have is not going to last. I was screaming down a, a bicycle run in the Santiago Oaks Park called Cactus. And while I evaded the cactus, I did not avoid a rut. And there's nothing like seeing the sky pass in front of your face. <laughs> your head hitting with a helmet and a thud. Going up and over the handlebars, landing on a rock. I haven't been quite the same since. I'm faking it a little bit today. And were I to show you the bruise on my back and on my posterior, it would not make for good preaching, but I'm reminded that my body is frail, and though I think I'm 25 years old, and I act like I'm young and young at heart, five days later, I'm still tired and sore and a little bit angry that I let my arrogance get the best of me, and I reflect on a silly song, one of my favorites from a band called Aerosmith. The name of the song is Dream On, and the song starts with these words. There are times when I look in the mirror, 
all these lines in my face getting clearer. The way things are isn't the way things are always going to be. And we're reminded of that when we go through the hicks and bumps and bruises of life. Reminded that there are some things that will abide and last and other things that will go away. And then after having mostly figured out my message for today and going, this will be warm and nice and loving and a great way to end this summer series and, and a great way to just be warm with the marvelous people in church. I'm reminded that there's parts of a sermon that need to change because a sermon is preached in context. It's, it, it, it's not preached outside of the world. It's, it's preached into the world. And when the world hurts and aches, the sermon needs to address the changes that come so quickly and so dramatically. And so yesterday after the shooting at the Walmart in El Paso, a Walmart that our missions team has been in when we go to El Paso to build homes in, in Texas with Casas por Cristo, I was taken back at how fleeting life can be. People went into Walmart just to get their stuff for the week, maybe to get supplies for their kids for school. And shots ring out and people hit the floor and some are wounded and others are dead. And it seems to me that just to kind of nod and wink and say, you know, no, it wasn't us, so no big deal is foolish and short-sighted and not what God has called us to do as he's called us to love and care for one another no matter whether we live next door or across two states. And then as surely as I had this kind of filtered through my brain, I woke up this morning and there was a shooting in a bar in Dayton. And I'm reminded of how quickly things roll. Things seem to be so fluid. One day everything's fine and the next day life rolls out a series of challenges that we have to deal with in kind of a macro sense. But the people in El Paso and Dayton and Gilroy They've got to deal with it personally and deal with issues of insecurity, issues of loss. It all seems to come and go so quickly and it all seems to be so fleeting. And so we come to our text today in that context of real life in the real world with real things going on, things that are good and beautiful, things that are painful and ugly, and all of them done under the, 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 the umbrella of, of, of what's temporal and what will one day not even be here. For we as Christians hold on to faith and hope and love, and the greatest of these is love. Let's read together the epistle from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, beginning at verse 8. It's in your bulletin for you. And let's read that together. Begins with love, never fails, and ends with those marvelous words. But the greatest of these is love. Let's read together. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be still. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. 
For now we see only as a reflection, as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. Sometimes when I'm asked to do a wedding and they say, oh, pastor, we'd like you to read 1 Corinthians 13. There's times where I pull this part of the text out and I say, well, I'll read verses 1 through 8a and verse 13 because they're poetic and rhythmic and beautiful and everyone likes them because they're warm and fuzzy and perfect. And I realize that when I pull that out, I do a, a disservice to the text because there's something marvelously rich in the verses that you just read. And that's the idea that in a life that seems to be so quickly moving by, that the one thing that is permanent is love. The one thing that lasts is love. Faith and hope are marvelous gifts, but love lasts forever. And when two people are commending their love one to another and they're saying, we're going to get hitched, this is going to be great, and we have a family and all that stuff, the, the, the focus of it is the, is, is the long-term stuff, right? You do the wedding, you exchange the ring, you do all of those things, but eventually the, the hands that were young and, and, and perfect become wrinkled and spotted. The bodies that are young and vital and ready to go kind of wear down a little bit as life goes on. But the permanence of that love is an amazing gift. Because love gets both wider and deeper as it engages the heart and the life of those who love one another. And that's what Paul is talking about here. Love is permanent. The love that God has for you is permanent. The love you have for those who are closest to you in your home and family, that lasts. Paul reminds us we don't see everything so clearly all the time. He says you kind of look like looking in a dirty mirror. And, 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 and then one day that mirror is going to give way to this beautiful window. And you're going to look out over heaven. And you're going to say, I didn't have it all figured out. But you know what? Now as I look out over heaven, I see it all. And I see it clearly. And I see myself clearly and those who I love clearly. And I see the love that God has for me clearly and perfectly and beautifully. We don't see things perfectly all the time. But we keep on living and keep on loving and try to figure things out in a way that makes sense. And things make sense in different ways at different stages of life. When I was a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child, I spoke like a child. And through the experiences of life, we live through them and figure them out. One of the greatest blessings of that is, is, is watching young people grow up. The difference between raising a baby and raising a toddler is pronounced and it goes really quickly. The difference between raising a junior higher and raising a high school kid is different than raising a college kid. And having adult children is a whole nother thing altogether. And as we get older and we love longer, and that love grows deeper and wider. The relationships become warmer 
and richer and more understanding, more patient, more kind, more loving, less proud, less self-absorbed, less rude. We're reminded that of all the things that remain in our good, that, we re- that, which, what, that which remains forever is love. Love never fails. Rather, love organically continues to grow as it is nurtured and nourished with patience and kindness and warmth in our relationships. It's amazing that Paul wouldn't say something like this. And now these three remain faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is faith. Because Paul in Romans is all over faith. And faith is awesome. And Paul does not diminish the role of faith in a Christian's life. His epistle to the Romans is probably the greatest treatise on faith in the history of the world. And and it's faith in Jesus that attaches us to his cross and his resurrection. Paul writes those beautiful words in Romans chapter 6. He writes in Romans chapter 3 that while all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, we too are reconciled to Christ and justified freely by His grace, that we belong to God through faith in Jesus Christ, and that that makes all the difference in the world. And yet, one day, as much as faith guides our lives on earth, one day faith won't be necessary. Because we will be in heaven with the Lord, and faith will have reached its appointed end. Faith leads and guides us and strengthens us for all of the challenges on this world. And faith clings to Jesus and Jesus alone. And one day when we're with the Lord in eternity, faith won't be necessary. But love will remain. Because love never fails. And hope, man, hope is that Hope is the jet fuel of the Christian's life. What's your life? What are your engines firing on? My friends, your engines are firing on hope. Hope is that marvelous high-octane fuel for your soul and for your life. It's hope that looks forward and counts on the promises of God. It's hope that is that marvelous gift that keeps us pressing forward and pressing through painful episodes of life. It's it's hope that says, I cling to Jesus and I hang on to Him and I'm going to get through this painful piece today or through this painful season of my life. Hope. Hope is faith that looks forward, allowing us to see through the circumstances in life and in death, in peace and in chaos. It reminds us, hope does, that God runs the universe It reminds us that He runs our world, that He loves people. Hope reminds us that we are dearly and deeply loved of God through Jesus and that God just maybe, in His way of seeing things and laying the world out, sees things broader, deeper, and bigger than the way I see them. And as powerful and wonderful a gift as hope is, one day hope will be realized. It'll be like looking into a mirror and the mirror gives way to a window. And all the hope that God has given to you and me will be realized and will dissolve in that moment. And we'll nod our head as we look out over heaven and go, 
Thank you. Thank you. For faith and hope. And for the greatest of these, which is love. Because in the end, life in Christ is about loving and being loved. And it's love that's made perfect in eternity. It's being able to be who you are fully because you are fully loved of God. Heaven in eternity is not about rudeness or pride or self-seeking, just love about patience and kindness. Just love remains the insecurity of the daily grind and the painful pieces of life that kind of wear us out. Yet one day, we, be, we will be called into that which always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. That love never fails. In every sermon I've preached over the last couple weeks, I've made the following comment. I think I'd be cheating you if I didn't make the comment to kind of close this sermon series out. And the words were as relevant the first time you heard them, maybe in your own baptism, as the Spirit of God spoke to your heart. As often as you hear those words of, of God for you in the scriptures or from this pulpit or in your devotional book or from those who love you, that of all the things that remain, faith, hope, and love, the greatest of these is love. And you, you, you are deeply and dearly and eternally loved. And that love never, ever fails. Amen? Please, I'd invite you to please stand and join me. We're going to pray. I want to pray this morning for a couple of things just from the front. I'd ask you to please join me as we uh, turn our thoughts and hearts to the Lord in prayer. Father, things do move very, very quickly, and we're reminded of that. Half the world is in sunshine while the other half is in, uh, in, in, in night and darkness, and, and as the world spins, uh, you guide the events. So we pray, uh, so mindful of those painful events, we pray that you would grant your peace to the people of El Paso. We pray that you would comfort those who mourn the loss of loved ones. Just going to Walmart, doing what people do, and now their lives are radically and unalterably changed. We pray, too, for those in Dayton who mourn the loss of loved ones and for the senselessness of both those shootings and all of the violence that happened this last week. We commend to your care and to your spirit's care all those who are loved of you. We pray for our first responders who go into places that are just completely chaotic and in complete turmoil. Lord, they see things that are indelibly etched into their souls. And so we pray your spirit of peace and comfort be upon them. We pray that you would remind them that your angels live and circle and protect them. We pray that you would continue to be with all those who serve as peace officers, 
those who serve as paramedics and firefighters, those who serve in any capacity whatsoever in hospitals that preserve and save lives. And we pray that you would preserve their souls, remind them that even in these difficult days, they are loved of you. We pray, Father God, for the children in our school as we move from unstructured to structured, as we move from the beach to the classroom, as we move from uh, days of getting up and, and doing what you want to do to days of getting up and getting after school. Bless our teachers as they provide that structure and love our students. Bless our students with love for their teachers and with parents. Love for their students that as, as they're handed off, Lord, from, from summer to, to school, that they're handed off from love to love. And bless our school to be a marvelous, a marvelous incubator of your grace and of your love. Lord, we pray for people in situations of life that need an extra measure of your love, who feel lonely or confused or persecuted or abandoned. We pray that you would visit their soul with your love that they would be able to look with the eyes of their heart to the cross and hear from the ears of their soul your words of profound love for them in Jesus Christ. For not a one of us is alone. We, we have you and we have a congregation of the faithful. So we call on the permanence of your love and the closeness that comes in knowing Jesus. Finally, we pray you would bless our congregation that your words of John chapter 15 would be absolutely true in and among us. That it would be love that sets your church apart from the rest of the community. And that our church, loved of you, with love to spare, would be able to love richly and deeply those who live immediately around and in the neighborhood of Old Town. Bless us, Lord, as we get after all of the, 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 the work of love putting our hands and feet, our shoulders and our backs to work. Bless us with hearts that are soft and loving. For of all the things that remain faith and hope, the greatest of these is love. In Jesus' name.